Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Johnson here, your host with Contractor Radio and uh, founder of Contractor Coach Pro, where we help contractors get control of their business so they can grow their business and achieve those personal and financial dreams that they had whenever they started their business. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about a popular topic in our industry. Um, It applies across the board. Like, uh, we talk a lot about roofing in here, but this is for all contractors. These are things that we should be paying attention to, especially when it comes to marketing. And, and my guest that I had on, I'm always a little bit um, hesitant to put marketing folks on. Uh, not because they're not good and they're not, you know, fine people. It just, there's too much of it sometimes. And I want to, I want to broaden our conversation here. And whenever I talk to a marketing person, it's like one out of 10 that I allow on the show. Um, not because they're bad, just because it's the same old, same old. Um, and I asked this guy, I'm like, hey, what do you want to talk about? Like, this is, and I expected the same old, same old, and I'd go on my way. But uh, no, he gave me some some new and cool stuff. And, and the one I really want to get to, and, and I didn't ask him to explain it. He just called it the social snowball effect. And I went, oh, okay, that's a new one. I hadn't heard that before. So I am excited to, to get this guy on for you guys and, and introduce our audience to him. But before we do that, we uh, got to do what we got to do, keep those lights on around here. We're going to go ahead and listen to a little word from our sponsor and premier partner, Atlas. We love those guys. The Atlas Pro Plus Contractor Program is designed to help you build your business. It gives you tools and resources, training, industry insights, bonus structures, technical knowledge, the brand power and science of 3M Scotchgard, and what we think is the best product and warranty in the industry. Become part of the family that is succeeding and growing their businesses. We went from nobody ever heard of us to the number one roofing company in our region. And we've gone from 12 roofs a year to 20 35 and we did over 400 last year. We're on track right now to do a thousand roofs this year. You'll begin earning Atlas bucks and rewards as you move up to even greater reward levels. Become an Atlas Pro today. We love the amazing team over at Atlas, and I'm excited because uh, this year at the International Roofing Expo in Dallas, um, instead of like hanging out at my booth the whole time, I'm going to spend some time over in the Atlas booth doing some educational content for contractors. So uh, come by the Atlas booth, check us out. I'm going to be uh, talking about a lot of different things, uh, some of the things we coach on. I'll answer any question, anytime, anywhere. There's no holds barred, uh, lots of free information uh, to help you guys do better out there. But today, we are here to talk uh, a little bit about marketing and some areas in marketing that we haven't really touched on yet here. And uh, this guy is is pretty solid. And we had a conversation before he got on. And uh, I, I want to introduce the owner, founder, and as he said, 
lead janitor at uh, Ascend Marketing. We got our, our guy, Michael Stearns. Welcome, Michael. What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. I got to tell you, Go real quick, I'm, the, the lead up to my entrance, I mean, I felt like a kid running out of the tunnel waiting to be announced at football to run out of the tunnel, right? So sitting there watching the Atlas commercial here and you can talk, I'm sitting back there, I'm getting giddy, you know? <laughs> yeah, hey, that means I'm doing my job. I mean, that yeah, means I'm yeah. doing it right. And uh, that's, it's, it's one of those things, like when I first started this whole podcasting, I didn't really know what I was doing. But anything I do, I'm kind of almost neurotic about it. So I watch a lot of other podcasts, even even like folks I don't necessarily jive with. I go and watch their shows and see what they're doing well. Um, and uh, one of the guys that I really have a lot of admiration for, I don't know if you've ever heard or seen his podcast, uh, Pat McAfee. You ever see him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude is hilarious, but he yeah. is the best at introducing people. He is just unbelievable at doing that. And so nowhere near that, but uh, I'm working on it. We're trying, we're trying to get better at it. Um, so, Michael, you're a marketer. There's lots I'm of a marketer. You, you know yeah. that, right? Like, uh, you're not the one, though, I don't think, that sends the, like, um, the, the blast emails and the Facebook posts and messages and hey, get you 30 leads in 30 days. Is that, is that you guys? I just want to know. That way we can end the show if we have it. No, we have more attack uh, than that. We ask you if you can handle 20 to 30 exclusive leads. Right. No. <laughs> no, it's not. What a great running joke. No. Yeah, we don't, we don't do that. Nope. Promise. Good, good, good. Um, so give me a little background. Like we always like to kind of understand who it is that we're talking with here on the show. And we want our audience to know a little bit more about you. Uh, we talked a little bit about it before the show, but just kind of how did it all start in marketing and what brought you to uh, being uh, the lead janitor over there at Ascend? Yeah, well, I always wanted to be a janitor. I like cleaning up people's messes right now. So uh, my first exposure to to marketing was with a roofing company handing out flyers. Um, I kind of was, I don't know, somewhere between the age of 13 and 15. And um, I tell everyone I've changed a lot since then. I mean, if I'm being honest, right, I want to be transparent. I didn't hand out all of the flyers that I was paid to hand out. And that haunts me to this day, right? So sorry, Vinny, because, you know, I feel like I owe you an apology for that. But uh, that was like my first exposure into like grassroots style marketing. And it was really interesting. Um, I went to college. It took me uh, eight or nine years to get a four-year degree. So I'm, I'm not the brightest bulb and that's fine. I was just hoping to win out on, on drive on, and ambition. Like you, you're not giving yourself enough credit. There, there was a, I, I think you skipped a grade somewhere in there. You graduated early. You had to be pretty sharp. Yeah. You know, I, I did. I, I skipped a grade and uh, second grade. It was, oh, uh, yeah. it was interesting. You know, it was one of those things where I finish up work at school and they're like, you know, now I distract people. And they're like, that's my, my comments, my report card was riddled with Michael's a pleasure to have in class. And then me after that, Michael won't stop disrupting the class. <laughs> so the remedy, right. So the remedy in their mind was like, Hey, do you want to switch, uh, skip a grade? So I went from like a first to a first transitional second class, took the second grade exam at the end of the year, pass it. Great. You're going on to third grade. Well, uh, you know, then the same things were happening. So then they're like, well, now you're going to go on Ritalin, right? Because obviously it's a you thing. It's not a matter of you being challenged or not. You just need to be medicated. So I was on Ritalin for a long time. Um, I don't know. I didn't really notice the difference, but whatever. It gave me, it, what was nice is like typically when you're in class, you got to take like a hall pass to go to the bathroom or something. So I found a way to systematically get an additional break twice a day. I just wouldn't go to the nurse's office when I was supposed to between classes. So they'd always call me. 
right? And I'd get a free like seven minutes out of the class every time. I mean, I, I really think like this should be something that teachers are taught in like their training. The kid that makes good grades, but he's also disruptive in class, just put him on the sales and marketing track. Like just go ahead and put him there. That's where he belongs. That's what he should be doing because he, uh, he's like a BB in a fruit jar, you know, and he needs right. that challenge all the time. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm keen observation. Fun. I like it right there for sure. <laughs> so, um, you, you were handing out flyers, um, and, and then what happened? So like, you know, I mean, I had a few jobs in between there and, and starting school, but starting school was a political science major. Well, I switched majors. I was initially hotel management, then accounting, and then uh, political science. And I wanted to be an attorney. You know, I always thought it'd be good, right? You get to get to argue with people, and persuade people. I'm like, this would be a lot of fun. And another like, one of the jobs, the disruptive guy. <laughs> well, it's like as a kid, as, as a kid, I collected like football cards and Pokemon cards and. Like I would always be at like KB toys. If you remember like KB toys, if they had it in your area, but they would have like card tournaments and like, I wouldn't play like card games, but I would go understand the values of all these different cards. And then, you know, broker deals, sometimes like three party deals to where I'm winning. (laughs) I'm on the winning (laughs) end of it to to net up every day in in these transactions. Um, when we would go. So it's like, yeah, I can persuade people. I'd like to go, go do that. And uh, I did collections throughout college. Um, you know, that almost 10 year stint in college, um, which was great. I learned an attorney for sure. Collections. Like you get that. Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a, t- a really, really tough job. And I got into it. It was 2007, 2008, like rated, right rated right the meltdown. Right. So you had so many people that were just in terribly unfortunate and, completely foreign situation than what they're typically used to. Um, so it taught me, it taught me a lot, it taught me empathy, right? Um, we, I wasn't the type of person that you would see on like Dateline where it's like, oh, we're going to come take your car and you know take you to jail if you don't pay your debt. It was a lot more different. Um, but it taught me communication in a way that I had never previously uh, been privy to, I guess, right? Or, or had in my tool belt. And that was really helpful. Well, I mean, every day there on out. So uh, grateful for that experience. But I told myself, God. can I ask you a question about that real quick? So sure. I find it interesting. Like you're, you're there as a bill collector for lack of a better term. Right. And uh, people are defaulting. It's, you know, the crash in 2008 um, and you're calling them and you're supposed to be a hard ass, right? Like, Hey, you got to get us paid. You're going to take your house. You're going to do all this bad stuff. And uh, your approach was a little different. Like, it sounds like you went, I mean, I can kind of understand it pretty much sucks. And, um, did you find that successful with that approach? Like, were you able to get people to get things paid? Were you a little bit more like, Hey, we can break this up, that kind of stuff. Like, um, yeah. I, I think that's, so, yeah. And that's a really good question, Jim. And I think there's a few things to this and there's parallels with, you know, what, what guys in the industry are doing every day, what I do every day to what I was doing back then. So the first thing is be different, right? So you said 90% of marketers aren't going to come on the show. Mike said something about a social snowball effect. I'm different now because of that. And we're going to get to have a conversation about it, right? So being different is really good. A lot of people talk about, especially in marketing, be different. You can be the best, but also be different. It's really competitive. It's a competitive advantage. Um, I took a different approach. So like the typical structure in a, in a, like a bill collection scenario is you're going to sit in like an automated dialer. You're going to have your headset on and go boop. You're going to look at the screen and see who you're calling. 
And, you know, you're calling people and I'm like, well, this is just wildly inefficient. Like I get that it's a numbers game, right? We got to talk to so many people to have so many conversations to close so many people on doing, you know, paying their bill. But like, what if we could refine this process and, and take like a tactical approach to this, right? So then I was like, what, do, what information do we have available to us? So we have access to their credit report. Why aren't we running credit report queries to people that have less than three derogatory accounts, people that have available credit, people that have a mortgage to where I can now provide a, a solution to a complex problem that's really had a, a negative impact in their life and help them explore ways to get out of it. I can give them multiple options to solve this issue that's been lingering for whether it's six months or three years. But most people don't take the time to look at it that way. Yeah. It sounds a lot better than give me the money, right? Um, you're actually trying to solve a problem for them, get one of those pieces of stress off of their back. I would say they were probably a little bit more ready to listen to you than maybe some of the other guys. Well, that's, that's well done, man. Uh, we, we talk about the same thing, be different uh, all the time here at Contractor Coach Pro, whether it's, your business itself, the culture that you have, the sales process that you do, the marketing that you're doing, um, all of those things, you know, being unique makes you stand out, makes you be heard and listened to in a world full of noise. It's ridiculous. So um, eight, nine years of college, uh, bill collector while you're doing that and uh, get out of college. We're not an attorney, it doesn't sound like. because Not an attorney. Not, not an attorney. And so what do we do? I made a promise to myself that once I graduated from school, I wouldn't do collections another day in my life. Cause while I was good at it and there were definitely elements that were rewarding, it was an incredibly challenging job. And, uh, I was broke as shit for quite some time. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to do? Like I got bills to pay. I've got a daughter and like we're on month two and a half and I still don't have a job. You know, it's really interesting. You know, when conventional measures, as far as like recruitment for jobs, it's like, I want to be a salesperson. That's what I want to do. I wanted to do sales. Every job I applied for, like you don't have sales experience. In my mind, if I get an opportunity to sit in front of a sales manager and explain to them like my process of how I've gone about prospecting and convincing people to pay an old debt, I mean, I feel like I would get hired, but I couldn't get to that point. Everyone's like, you don't have any experience. Um, until one day somebody, you know, finally gave me an opportunity to have a, a conversation in person. We had an interview. And, you know, I just explained to them, essentially, I know how to, I, I'm prospecting now. It's sure it's a different way. There's nuance to how you guys want me to do it and who that customer is that we're trying to ultimately connect with. Um, it's the same, but different. I get it. Um, so we got to the point where, you know, they took a shot on me. They, you know, if I can, I'm like, if I can convince somebody to pay $4,000 for a TV that they haven't had in two years, because, you know, Renaissance came and took it back. I'm pretty sure I could sell somebody something that's actually going to make an impact on their business in a positive way. Right. So they took a shot on me. I did sales and, uh, you know, I always want to learn. I keep learning. I, I think every day is an opportunity for improvement and, uh, kept learning and, uh, learned a lot of the fulfillment stuff uh, outside of just sales. And, uh, you know, one day, you know, if you're, if you're answering the call at your roofing company, if you're going to see the customer and you're meeting with adjusters, and you're getting a claim filed and you're ripping the roof off and you're cleaning it up, right? And you're going through the supplement process, whatever that is for you. And you're doing all those things. At some point, it's like, well, why don't I have my own roofing company? You should probably try yeah. it. So, so um, I think that was a little, uh, you know, what were you selling? So I was selling the same thing that we do now, digital marketing services. 
Ah, see, so digital marketing services, you were having to stand in the gap on all these things that it, you really weren't your responsibility, it sounds like. So, hey, yeah. I told this person, we're going to do some digital marketing for us. See you later. You guys take care of them. But they didn't get taken care of, came back around to you, and you had to start taking care of it. So you learned quite a bit about the marketing side of things. Yeah, and a, a lot of it was, you know, facilitating where things are siloed, right? So if you have a business and you have let's say sales and you have production and you have marketing, you have all these different segments of the business. Um, it takes, you know, you want those things to, especially if, you know, the, as a result of that synergy, things are going to be improved as far as what the deliverable is to the client. Uh, so going above and beyond and spending that additional time to understand the fulfillment side, you know, give feedback on how maybe the process can change. And then in the meantime, doing what I can to be like a conduit or a facilitator for those, those different silos to connect was, was kind of what I was doing. Right. Okay. And so wasn't going real smooth. So you said, I'm going to start my own. Uh, how long, how long has this been around? Two years, two years. And how's, how's things going? Good. Yeah. You know, it couldn't be better. Honestly, we, uh, we are very fortunate to have really good clients. Um, I, I feel as if, uh, I mean, we're growing, right? And there was already, there was a point in time last year where we had to stop taking on new clients. You know, I, I tell everybody like growth is great, but there's also toxic growth, right? All right. Any, comp any company, right? You can, like scaling is not necessarily as challenging as some people make it out to be, but facilitating growth in a way that's going to be meaningful and healthy for you, your bottom line, your customers and your reputation, different ball game, right? And sometimes we got to pump the brakes. Uh, yeah, I learned about pumping the brakes when I was 29. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we took a company from three and a half million to 41 million in a year. And uh, I literally had, I thought a heart attack in the office. Um, my wife thinks it was a panic attack. The doctor was like, I don't know which one it is, but you have got too much stress on you. You're working too much. You need to chill out a little bit. So, uh, yeah, yeah I learned about that thing myself, uh, kind of the hard way. So, um, as soon as out there helping marketers um, and I, and I asked you like, Hey, I, I want to talk about some things that um, maybe aren't things that we normally talk about. So first thing is like understanding where the money, like I, you're spending money in marketing. This is pretty common. I think among contractors, you're like, I need more leads and there's a guy and there's a guy and there's a guy and there's this thing and there's this thing and there's this thing. We just start to like, okay, Facebook and Instagram and, and we're going to do flyers and then, uh, I'm going to do this lead scout thing. And I'm going to like, there's a million different things, right? We don't track it though. We know what we spent, but we can't identify the leads that actually are associated. We are guessing most of the time is like, you know, like I feel and you go, I feel like we're getting more from there. So I'm going to go spend more there. Um, probably not the right approach. You got any suggestions on how people can tie the dollars to the thing? Yeah, no, that's a, and that's a really good point. Cause there's also recency bias, right? If you're, you know, if you're trying to go off of what your last, you know, what you did last year in the last four calls said, Hey, I got, I found you on Google. You're like, I get everything from Google. Or if they said that your billboard, right? Well, those can be the only four calls you got that year from the billboard, but you know, because they're the most recent top of mind, that's what you go with. It's working. So, I think it comes down to process, right? Like setting around, so what's your call and take process? Who's answering the phone? Are they answering the phone? Very important, right? Um, and what, what's the process once they answer the phone? What are the, what's the conversation that they're having? And is that information being documented? So having a, a strategy and, and a process within that type of system is super important, 
right? Because if you can ask that individual and then you can document and plug that info into your CRM, like that's a, a start to a very easy way to then be able to retrospectively look back and understand, hey, and now it's not going to be perfect, right, Jim? Like they might say Google and well, did it go organic? Was it a Google ad? Was it Google Maps? Let's crawl before we walk, right? Let's crawl before we walk, walk before we run and we'll, we'll go with Google and then we can refine that, right? I'd say that's we're, a good we're starting point. dealing with some of that here. Like I never thought this thing was going to be a business. I thought it was going to be like, hey, Jim's going to coach a few people who go golf and fish in the afternoon. And about three years ago, we actually decided, okay, this is like a real business. We better like treat it like one. And so we started um, the efforts of tracking things, but we're still like in this catch-up thing. And uh, we're, do- we do- we're doing what you just suggested. We'll crawl before you can walk. All right. So uh, they came from Google. Okay, that's a good start. Now, how do we refine that to know, was it Google My Business? Was it a Google ad? Was it YouTube? Like, what was it actually? And uh, we're learning uh, how to put those things together and, and align them so it's more automated. Is that something that you guys do? We don't do it. It's something that I preach to my clients because it's super important and it's important whether or not they do it with me, whether they do it with somebody else, right? To be able to go back at the end of the year and say, all right, I'm trying to come up with my 2024 budget. When we're at the end of 2023, what are your different lead sources that are in your CRM? And now let's pull a report. How many leads and then how many jobs did we close out of those leads? So now we understand the closing percentage by lead source and where the leads are coming from. Now you can start diagnosing where you spent the money, how much you spent on it, what your cost per acquisition is, um, cost per lead and cost per acquisition. I mean, you can even break it down to like the sales rep, right? And understand, you can see, you know, you can make database decisions like, hey, maybe Jim's better at closing Google leads and Brett's better at closing Facebook leads. He's got a 2x the close rate on Facebook than Jim. We should probably funnel some more Facebook leads towards Brad and then let, let Jim focus on the Google leads, right? Yeah, we, we actually coach that. That's something that we talk about, you know, identifying the rep to lead uh, equation because some reps are just better at some than others. Uh, yep. and, and making sure we put the, because every lead is money. I mean, you really need mm-hmm. to look at it like that. Like I got this fistful of dough I'm about to hand this guy and uh, I have a choice. I, I'm either going to give it to you and it's going to make me more dough, like a good investment in the stock market, or I'm going to literally set it on fire. One of the two, like one of those two things is about to happen with this money I'm going to give you. Um, I think if more contractors looked at it that way, like every single time you hand something, that's like giving somebody 200 bucks. Okay, go get that, give that 200 bucks, bring me 10,000 back, please. And uh, if and thank you. Yeah, exactly. Lots of thank yous for doing so. Um, you're going to get to keep some of that too yourself. Um, I don't think enough of us look at it that way because you have all these levers that you can pull in your business. Like I'm going to put more into this marketing thing because I'm having success with it. I'm going to put more into this because that guy is having success with it. Um, Do you see this commonly with contractors out there that you're dealing with, like not knowing which lever to pull and they're just kind of chasing shiny objects and the latest and greatest thing out there? Yeah. And I don't think, you know, not only within our customer base, just in general, right? Over the last eight years, I've dealt, I've worked with hundreds of contractors, right? And uh, like that's that's my ambition is tr- to try to make that impact. You know, we've invested a ton into like no strings attached content via my my podcast, as far as the content I'm creating on YouTube and things like that. For that reason, right? Because I think that it's incredibly important. Because again, the 
let me take it off the top and make decisions for the next year of my business or the next quarter for my business. That can be a costly misstep. What's also important to understand is like making decisions based off of shitty data that's not documented properly. And at that point, you're almost better off guessing. Because <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're not spending the time to try to make a, an informed decision based off of bad data, right? Right. Uh, we, we're, we, we, like I said, we're going through some of this right now and there's like these blank spots, right? Like no idea where those guys came from. We just know they came, likely they came from one of two places. They came either from an event that I spoke at or one of my teams spoke at and they interacted with us and, and came that way. Or they came from our organic social media. We're constantly putting out stuff. So one way or the other, and, and we get this, I've been following you for years. Okay, that doesn't help me. That's neat, but I don't know exactly where um, that's coming from. So we we are now making that pretty mandatory for us. Uh, we're putting in measures to have QR codes and phone numbers and pixels and all the things so that you can actually track it back to the dollars to say, should I be doing events all over the country? You know, most of the time, like last year I was home five weekends. I'm like, I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to be doing. We spent right. hundreds of thousands of dollars on events. Did we get the return on investment? I, we, I'm sure we did. Like we get a lot of customers from events, but I cannot tell you in black and white, I spent this much and not that much. And I don't ever want to be in that position as a business. No, as a side project or a, you know that type of thing, that's fine. But as a business, we need to know our numbers. Yeah. And, you know, I think when, when you're going and you're doing advertising and marketing and like, I tell people, look at it this way and this, you know, some people might agree or disagree and that's fine. Um, try to understand what you're doing and is it an, a, a method of acquisition or are you trying to brand build? Right. And if it's a, a method of acquisition, we want to do everything we can to track as much of that as possible. And there's going to be some things that won't be accounted for. So when I land you a job from a Google ad that I show you, and you may, you know, it's a $27,000 job, we're not going to track back the three contracts you sign around that neighborhood of people coming out because they see the catch all and they equipped it. Right. And that's never going to be associated with us. It's fine. Whatever. You're not going to put that or, down. Or the, guy, or the guy on your team that's posting his own personal organic stuff daily that just happens to be a friend of somebody in the neighborhood or knows somebody in the neighborhood, um, his truck driving, like there's all of that kind of stuff that goes on that you go, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to put a number on that. I know right. that I know that it helps. Um, and, and here's something I would say about that just from us as coaching. I don't know how much you talk about this, but uh, when we're at our top rep events um, with our high performance sales events that we do, uh, we ask people, who do people buy from? And 99% of the time, the answer back to us, people they like and trust. And I go, you're right, but you're not completely right. They actually buy from people they know, like and trust. And so if you can get no going first, like they're aware of you, you exist, you, they got something in their mailbox, they saw an ad, there was some organic stuff, you got a YouTube channel, you're floating around the neighborhood at baseball games and stuff like that, you're helping out in charities. Now you're known. You're not, a, you're not this unknown character that just walked in the door that day and you're much easier to like and trust. And now, do you guys kind of follow that approach? Yeah, you, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And yeah, so I'll give you a, Case in point. So when I, when I started in the industry, I, right now, everything we do is referral. We really don't spend anything as far as advertising. We do some shows, we do some branding stuff, 
but nothing to really acquire customers when we get consistent opportunities just based off reputation. Now, before that was the case, I was, I was prospecting. I was cold calling. I was banging the phone, but I still didn't do the, I'm going to make 50 calls a day to get 10 contacts, to get two appointments, to have 10 appointments a week to sell one contractor. Um, I took a different approach. Like I'm going to, if I'm calling Jim's company, I'm going to go on Manta and I'm going to understand uh, Jim is the point of contact. I'm not going to call you and say, Hey, I want to call you about your Google listener or who handles your website. Hi, is Jim there? I'm going to assume I'm talking to Jim. Hi, Jim. Right. Unless it's a woman. I don't say it's Jim there. Um, but my point being is like the first thing that I would do before I did any of that is I would find your company on Facebook and I would like your page. Right. So now Jim, you got a notification that Mike Stearns likes contactor, contractor coach pro. Now I call you 15 minutes later. Hey Jim, it's Mike Stearns. No. Right. No. Yep. Awareness. Um, what we're top of mind on and what we're focused on is what we'll have relationship with. Um, and I'm a big believer in that. Um, that's, that's why you see um, so many people putting out content, but the ones that stick in your mind are the ones that are consistent. Even if the content's bad or silly yeah. or funny or whatever. Um, I can I could point to a lot of them. And I'm like, God, man, I cannot believe that that gets put out and people go, that guy is famous. It's uh, pretty wild. Yeah. Um, but, but it is this thing of knowing who you are. And then there's also this concept of it creates your target too. Um, we all have our measure. Like that we have a voice that is our voice that sounds a certain way. And it's going to be attractive to some and repellent to others. And so you start to like gather around you because of that stuff that you're sharing. People that are most like you, uh, it seems like to me. We've only got so much time today. Man, I could talk about this all day because I'm <laughs> passionate about the no like, trust thing, as you can tell. Um, Part two right. coming soon. Yeah, so maybe we do another show. Like, it would be fun. I, I'm enjoying the conversation. And I got a lot of tracks I want to go here, but I want to make sure that we get this in. Uh, yep. They've listened long enough now. I think we got them about 30 minutes in. Uh, so we got to like, give them a bit of the like point of this whole thing. Social snowball effect. Yeah. What is that? Like, first off, great job of naming whatever that is. And it's probably something I know already or seen already, but it's got a cool name. I love that about it. Like whenever you put a cool name to something, people go, Hmm, what is that all about? Right? Like that's, 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 uh, that's different. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you caught my attention with it. Uh, share with the audience, at least at a high level, what a virtual snowball effect is. Yeah. So, well, thank you for, for the praise on that. Uh, spent countless hours thinking of the perfect name. And I'm glad it's I resonating. All these things I'm going over here. Okay, what kind of effect can I have with this thing? No, just yeah, kidding. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So <clears throat> one of the things that I see, like, especially on the retail side, when I work with contractors is we, we get these salespeople in and they expect leads and they, they're, they're entitled teens that don't want to do their chores, but want to get their allowance. Oh, you're hitting on my uh, 365 hard. Um, I don't know if you've seen that for me. I'm doing 365 days mm -hmm. of valuable. This is probably what I think you're leading to is the topic. The, the sales guys that go, um, I, I don't have enough leads. So yeah. And, they, and then they sell the owner on that being the case and that needing to be the expectation. And like, I always, I came from a place where I'm prospecting, I'm hunting, right? I hunted for everything. I didn't get handed leads. I think... In my five and a half year tenure at my old company, I think I got like three opportunities and they were, you know, 
not nothing noteworthy. So with that being said, it's like I come from a place where like they're out there, but it starts with you setting that expectation and who you're recruiting, where you're finding them, the expectation that you're setting with salespeople, right? But to not get too far off track, this is an activity that your reps can do and that you can train them. And if implemented in a systematic way, it can be incredibly profitable for your company. Um systems and processes, right? Like that shit has to get done or shit doesn't get done, right? You have to create these processes um, within the systems and then you have to yeah, manage it's, them too. It's our right? client's favorite part of working with us. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah. <laughs> gotta get done. yeah. Right. Um, so with that being said, you know, if I, I can go into a community group and say in found Facebook and I don't know where you live, Jim, you're in Texas, right? Yeah. You can go in your community and find probably 10 or 15 local Facebook community groups. And some of them will be, you know, obscure and irrelevant. And a lot of them will have homeowners, right? So you do a little digging, you find which ones make sense uh, as far as like what you offer as a roofer. Like, are there homeowners in here? And there's ways to go in these groups to locate them by proximity to you, to search those groups and find what people are talking about. And you'll see all these people that are being recommended. And it's like, the opportunity there is so vast because one, it scales on autopilot. Once you get people being brand ambassadors, tagging you all everywhere, like you don't have to, it doesn't require any input from you. Yeah. We, we no actually, where I live in Texas, like if you live in Texas, you probably had a hailstorm in the last five years, at least a couple of years ago, we had one and I just moved into this neighborhood and uh, I had noticed that we had a, like a Facebook group. Now, they have questions to join the Facebook group. You cannot, just anybody can join. And you have to have your address. They line up the address with like the role and everything. You're like, okay, you're in. Hailstorm hits. And these people are, I mean, the hailstorm hit at 1.15 in the morning. By 1.30, they were already asking, does anybody know a contractor? Does anybody know people that are good? That kind of thing. And I'm like, hey, new guy moved into the neighborhood. I have three clients and I'm going to let you guys know about these clients, what they're good at and uh, what their strengths are and call three, have them come talk to you. And it was like instant. These clients that I had had a bunch of work out of my neighborhood and my neighborhood has 1,785 houses all on two acres or more. So as you can imagine, they're pretty decent little houses. Um, Finding that person like that was lucky. I mean, it just happened to be that I was in that neighborhood. But I noticed there was other people in the neighborhood that knew roofers in the neighborhood. There's a guy like I can see his office from here is at his house. Um, and they are, man, once they're on it, they don't stop. They're just like, that's your guy. Right. That's your guy. That's your guy. That's your guy. How do, how do I get into a group like that? Or what do I do to find somebody in that group? So there's different, there's different levels to it. Right. And the most common thing that I hear, what I'll go through the entire like topic and, and guys will be like, they'll say, well, I, I joined a group and they ask me questions and I, or I've been posting and I'm like, so here's the thing, Jim, you go into roofing insights. And if you ask who the best digital marketing company is, and Mike Stern says Ascend digital, you click through to his profile and you see he owns Ascend digital. Inherently you might trust that a little bit less than somebody who doesn't have an Ascend Digital shirt ripping out of a space suit and listed as the CEO of Ascend Digital, right? Uh, because it's my company. I have a vested interest. It's a conflict. Of course, there. it's the best one, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, with that being said, um, the way that you can get people in there is 
this would be my process. And just to give you an idea, like I did this in roofing and have done millions and millions of dollars in business because of it, because my customers do this for me. So it starts with doing setting the right expectation and doing a good job for your customers. Uh, those are two, which it makes it great because those chucks in a truck that everyone complains about undercutting them, they can't compete with you in this space because they can't mobilize people the way you can, if you're doing a good job for your customers. Right now, so what you do is, let's say, you know, let's say you're going through a quality control walkthrough after the install, having a conversation. Let them know that you'd like them to share your experience. Are you willing to do that small favor? Sure. Send them a link to your Google profile right then and there. While I have you here, listen, I don't want to ask the world from you and I'm not asking you to go out of your way, but let me ask you this. If you had to refer somebody to a roofer, who would you refer them to? Well, you guys. Okay, great. Fantastic. Hey, can I invite you? Like, we're a small business in the local community. Can I invite you to three local groups where we seem to get a lot of business from? It would mean the world to us. If you happen to see somebody asking, you just tag us and let them know your experience. Sure. I mean, think about it, Jim. If you do, if you service 300 customers and you're doing this on every single call, and 10% of those people ultimately accept the invite and start advocating on your behalf, you've got 30 people tagging you throughout these communities and your service areas on autopilot that are going to generate you opportunities. And it's not always the guy posting. In fact, in my experience, it's almost never the guy or girl posting about SEO that ends up reaching out to me. It's one of the 26,000 other members in the group or five of those other members or 10 of those other members are like, man, I've seen you everywhere. Mike, yeah. we got we to gotta work together. I, I mean, I've seen your name for years. Like you have. Um, I'd be happy to work together. Please. Yeah, if if I hadn't heard of you before, I probably wouldn't have uh, even asked you like, "Hey, what do you want to talk about?" So I had heard of Ascend. I was aware of Michael Stearns. You're pretty active on Facebook. Um, I've seen the comments in groups before where people go, "Hey, does anybody know a good marketer?" Yeah, Michael Stearns, Ascend. I'm like, okay, so he's in the list. Like that was outside some third party saying he's good, right? So they must have had some experience. We hope. Um, we can do the same thing as roofing salespeople in, in the social world of being in the, that's a great idea. Um, do you, so I'm trying to put the dots together here. Sure. Marketers do a lot of different things. Okay. There's all different kinds and I'll have kind of their little specialties. Some of them say they're great at everything, which I always like, eh, I'm not sure about that. Um, but you got guys that are good at social media, marketing, running Facebook ads and stuff like that. We got uh, SEO, Google guys, you got um, marketing strategists that combine a few things like direct mail with social posting that's organic with this overall brand um, story and persona. Uh, and then they feed that with Google ads and stuff like that. Um, how does it look to work with Ascend? What does that look like? I mean, what exactly yeah. do you do for people when it comes to marketing? Because there's a billion different ways to skin this cat and get it naked. So we do, we focus on three main things, right? Which is going to be like very custom coded websites for, for roofing contractors. 34 of our 35 clients are roofers. And one that we have is in Memphis who's not a roofer, they're a pest and lawn company, they were a referral from one of our roofing clients. Um, we do Google ads and we do SEO. Uh, there's going to be some distinct differences on, on how I operate versus how other marketing agencies operate, uh, for better or for worse. So, you know, typically when we initially connect, we do like a 10 to 15 minute intro call. And 
I, I'll, I'll tell you what, Jim, you always get Mike Stearns and I'm the same dude. If I'm sitting in a boardroom or at SRC or in your green screen room, you know, and I was like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but you might not like that flavor. Right. And you might decide this dude is a crass New Yorker and I don't ever want to talk to this dude again and I'm blocking him. And like, it's okay. I'm fine with that. Right. Cause there's going to be people that I don't ever want to talk to again. It's all good. Um, I try to embrace everybody, but whatever. Yeah, we, like I said earlier, we all have our measure, right? Like there's, there's mm-hmm. the people that are attracted to us and that's cool. And we're probably going to have a good relationship. It's when you feel like you have to force it that you go, eh, maybe I shouldn't start this. Right. Um, the sure. best, yep. the best um, word that a sales guy can ever learn is the word. No, mm-hmm. I don't think we're a good Please. fit. That's okay. Like if, and whether you're the salesperson or the person buying, you should be able to say that word and just go, Hey man, it's just not for me. It's such a good point and something. I mean, can you scream that? Can, can you yell yeah, into I, the I microphone? All the time, all the time. <laughs> you knew when you signed that person, they were not the problem. Tell me, tell me you didn't tell me you didn't know. They gave you every indication it was going to be a problem. Can right. you do this? Can you do that? Uh, and do you have that? And do you have this? And like, they were just completely outside of what your target is and how you work. Say no, because all they're going to do is yeah. waste your yeah. time and really kill your chance at new opportunity because you're spending so much time with them. Right. And so like, there's, and this just happened at the conference. There's a guy's like, I do $15 million a year. I want to do this, this, this. And I'm looking around at what he's got going on. It needs a lot of work. And I'm like, well, how do you like your website? I love it. It's not a great website. It needs, it needs to be redone. It's hard to say that though. Right. So I'll just keep asking you questions. And you know, every time that I go to give him a suggestion in, in a very consultative way, he shuts it down and starts telling me what needs to happen. So after the third time, I'm like, look, man, I'm like, this just isn't going to work. I'm like, and it's fine. I like, there's no hard feelings, but this isn't a good fit for us. And he's like, well, what do you mean? It's like, I can't, every time that I try to give you advice and I the, we're not at the point where we have an engagement. Every time I've tried to give you advice, you talk over me and tell me what you need to do. And it's I can't help you. Business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can't help you. I'm like, you, there's, there's, there's no situation where this relationship would end well. And that's okay. Um, you know, so our process is, after we do that intro call, there's, there's a paid consult and I spend three hours with somebody and I teach them a lot of things that whether or not they choose to move forward with anything else, they're going to leave with much more value than what they paid in a consult fee. If they decide they're going to do business with us, I credit that back towards whatever it is they decide to move forward with. So it's fine. So it's free in a sense, right? Um, but you know, we do things like we help you optimize your Google business profile on that call. We talk about your lead intake process. Who's answering the phone? How do you have like instant booking on your website? Is it a general instant booking? Is it a round robin? Are you booking directly with your sales reps? Cause here's what happens. Somebody calls the phone and let's say Tiffany answers the phone. Yeah. We'll get somebody out there. Let me have, we'll have Jim give you a call when he's ready. He'll shoot out a text message. Three hours later, he calls back cause he's in a sales call. They've already got their three people booked up and you don't, you lose that opportunity. So why aren't we doing instant booking with the technology that's available? Oh yeah. The speed uh, delete is just so important. Like, mm-hmm. The second they hang up, if they don't get what they're looking for, they're calling the next person and they're looking for one thing. I need an appointment cause it's on my task list and I need to get that off my task list. Right. And we're not doing it. It's on my stress list and I don't like stress. 
So, hey, I'm calling the next one. I mean, can you imagine like you call your, um, that you would have this. I would not. You call your barbershop or stylist, whatever. I don't know which one you go to. Like you're in, you said New York, so maybe it's a stylist. I don't know. But um, they, they say, hey, yeah, no problem. We can get you an appointment. Uh, as soon as one of our um, uh, um, stylists is free, they'll give you a call back and set up a time for you. What is the next thing you do when you hang out the phone? Call the next person. No, the next I think I need the hair appointment. I, I need to get that off my right. list. I'm not going to wait around for you, right? right? Same thing in this home services world. Like, you got to be able to set the appointment now. And a lot of it you can just automate now. Like, I think you just set, book an appointment. Click my name, my email, my address. Done. Thank you. Yeah, right. And, okay. you know, there's a little heavy lifting in the beginning, you know, especially if you got eight sales reps and you're doing a round robin and you want to make sure. But, like, it, it's a one time investment to make life infinitely, infinitely easier for your customer. And it's going to ultimately lead to a better success, right? You know, yeah, so we talk about things like that. More refrains, right. all these things, the byproducts of doing these processes and systems that just makes the world easy. So mm-hmm. paid consult, you're going to give them a bunch of value and stuff during that three hours, stuff they can yep. do right away. Then they got an opportunity. And, and it's like, I don't know if I sat there through three hours and watched all the stuff you did. I'm like, God, man, I'd rather stick a hot poker in my eye. Could you do that for me instead? Like, is that some of it? Like you just go, (laughs) well, you know, about 20% of it at most would be us talking about what we do and how we can help you or even showing you the problem. A lot of the other stuff is really digging into your business, understanding what systems and processes you do or don't have. And then just giving you ideas because I've worked very closely with my clients in the last two years. And, you know, we took a client from, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in revenue to almost 12 million. And I was, I was riding shotgun for it. Right. And I watched the eggs that, you know, we broke to make the omelet. And, you know, so I don't proclaim to be an absolute expert in scaling roofing companies, but I've seen some shit. Right. And that, that experience is valuable and I can help maybe avoid some mistakes that other people have made along the way. Um, so just being there and, and just asking questions sometimes and not even giving a solution can help people immensely, right. To get them thinking about the right things. Um, you know, then we talk about how to hold a marketing company accountable, things to look for. What are the KPIs? Like, well, how do you know? I tell people, and I just said this on Ty pod, Ty's podcast the other well, two days ago, I was like, I don't want you to feel the way I felt when a, if a mechanic told me at 18 years old, it cost me 2,500 to fix my car, the wheel was going to fall off and you know, we were going to crash. Are you being true? I have, are you being honest? I have no idea. Right. Cause I'm not a fucking mechanic. Okay. But the stakes are high and I don't want to test it. So I'm going to find a way to get your 2,500 bucks and hope that you're not being a dick about it. I don't know. Um, so I don't want you to feel that way about the marketing company, whether you're choosing us or somebody else. So let me at least equip you with some concepts and some baseline information that you can use to make an informed decision, whether it's a send or anybody else. Right. Um, and then we kind of go into what we've done, how we've done it, why we do what we do and, you know, determine what makes the most sense. It's pretty awesome. Uh, we actually follow a similar process. Like, uh, I think most of the time you hear this discovery call thing, I think we're going to hop on a call for a few minutes. That's just to figure out where fit is, right? Like which one of our programs might be the best fit. And then we're going to have you do an assessment of your business. Like we coach holistically across all kinds of things uh, in the business. And we have specialists in a lot of different areas. From that assessment, we go, all right, let's do a coaching call. Just so you can see what one's like. This isn't a sales pitch. We're going to coach you on the things that are the biggest issues in your business and hopefully give you enough um, knowledge that if you walked away from here and didn't get any coaching from us, 
is going to keep you out of trouble and probably help you grow your business. Um, we find that's a, a good way to do things. Uh, you know, they want to work with us. Most everybody that's on a call wants to work with us. Whether they can afford to or the timing is right, those things are, you know, they are what they are. But I don't know how many times I've had somebody call me back like three years later and go, hey, man, I'm, I met with you three years ago and uh, it wasn't the right time and I didn't have the finances to do it, but I'm ready now. And all that stuff you said was going to happen to me actually happened to me. So I'm tired of it. I want to get it fixed. I'm like, all right, cool. And uh, we end up helping folks. Uh, I, I like that process. It gets them understanding that you actually give a crap. I mean, you really do. Um, to take the time to share the true valuable information instead of the, here's all my stats, all my case studies. This is all the stuff that people have done and how much money they've made and selling this BS dream because everybody's different. Like every single person you work with here at the end, uh, how, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Like, do they go to your website? Do they fill out a form? What does that look like? Yeah, uh, there's a form on the website at com. I'm accessible via Facebook Messenger. That's where I spend most of my time. Um, we've got a ton of free content uh, on the Ascend Digital Agency YouTube. You just pop that into Google. It'll bring you there. Um, and we do podcasts uh, with, with great people in the industry that are much smarter than me. And I try to ask them thought-provoking questions to share value with the audience. I'd love to have you on there. Podcast. The Mission Control Podcast. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> uh, it, it has been around longer than, uh, it, it's kind of funny. We, we do an event. The event is called Mission Control Retreat. Um, our coaching, our coaching, coaching is what we call mission-focused coaching methodology. In other words, we're going to create a mission for the next 12 months together that you can believe in, have timelines to it, things that need to be executed, and we're going to help you get there. We're going to be right beside you, filling in all the gaps. Um, and so when I saw the Mission Control podcast, I was like super pissed. I'm like, damn, I should call mine the Mission Control podcast. But I'm sorry. I, no, no, it's it was, cool, it, it was it's, one of those things where it was, it was on brand. I look at it like a son. Like we're trying to take your business as a rocket. We're the guys at Mission Control trying to guide that rocket to make sure it gets to where you want to go. Right. No, I love it. I love it. That's good synergy, man. I like it. Um, maybe you should come to Mission Control Retreat next year and check it out. We, uh, that's what we do. We help people build a strategy um, at that event, and then we help them execute that over the next twelve months. Um, awesome show, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think there's stuff left on the table that maybe we'll uh, get back together in the future and talk about that. I, where at New York? Where Where are you? Buffalo. <laughs> oh man, I feel bad for you. Are you a fan? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Okay. I th I think you have to be to live in Buffalo, right? Like you're not allowed to be a fan of another team and live in Buffalo. No, you'll get excommunicated. Yeah, I kind of figure like these yeah. guys are kind of like us, the Green Bay Packers. Like I'm a Packers fan, and so I lived in Wisconsin for 18 years. Oilers left Houston the year I moved there from Texas. Now I'm back mm. in Texas, but I'm still a Packers fan. But you don't live in Wisconsin as a fan of another team. I mean, you just don't. It's a bad <laughs> idea. Um, and I figure the Bills are kind of like that. I was, uh, to be honest with you, I was really rooting for you guys. Uh, mostly because my best friend in the in the world is a Chiefs fan, and I don't want to see him go to the Super Bowl. Right <laughs> really so, uh, yeah, I, I love the Bills. I love the Bills Mafia. My son is, that's his AFC team. 
Like he's got an AFC team and an NFC team. So he's Bill's Mafia over there, Packers over here, and uh, has a lot of fun with it. So that's uh, amazing. Yeah. Fun fact my last two games that I went to were Green Bay and Buffalo this year. And then I think it was three years ago, I took my daughter to Lambeau to watch the Bills get beat 13 nothing. Maybe it was four years oh. ago now. Yeah. <laughs> Lambeau's wild, isn't it? Like you walk in there. It was you, amazing. Are, did, did the hair stand up on the back of your neck like the first time you walked through those? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was incredible. I, I remember going to my very first game there. And I was like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> right. This stadium's been here forever. This is where like mm-hmm. Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr, the Ice Bowl, like all this stuff and history and NFL championships and Super Bowls. And it's still got like metal benches. There's not seats. It's like, it's like yeah. you went to a high school game. Like, what's going on here? Uh, can we invest in some seats maybe just a little? But uh, yeah, it's, it's a good time at a Packers game. I, the Bills strike me very similar. Yeah, kind of a, a smaller market with a very um, – fervent fan base. Uh, you gotta be pretty serious <laughs> about it. Uh, you're not like Philadelphia though, right? You're not, you're not jackasses? No. Not hey, good. Okay, good. Maybe I'll as long, again. As, long, as long as you're not a, like a plastic table, you're safe, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I don't know where that came from. I don't really understand the science of it. It looks like it could be painful. Uh, but uh, everybody's got a thing, right? Uh, Packard's <laughs> thing is uh, how much beer can we drink before we go into the stadium? Uh, tailgating is huge there. It's, it's pretty crazy. So, awesome. hey, man, good show. Glad to have you on. Um, maybe next year for the Bills, and uh, we'll catch you in the future. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, everybody. That was Michael Stearns with a CERN Digital Marketing. Uh, go check him out. Go find him on YouTube. Uh, he shares a lot of information. I, I kind of did a little bit of research before I had him on the show, and there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Shoot, go fill out a form, hop on a call, and uh, get three hours of free help with your marketing. Uh, I think that's that's pretty cool. And if it's, if it's a great fit, uh, go to work with them. If it's not, maybe they gave you something that is helpful for you. Um, on our way out of the show here today, I want to let everybody know that here in about a month, uh, we're going to be doing our top rep high performance uh, sales training here in New Braunfels, Texas on February 27th and 28th. Now, this thing has been a thing where we you know, usually do three or four in the spring and then another three or so in the fall. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to do one in the spring and one in the fall. And so much bigger event. Um, it has had outstanding results. Uh, and, and we had a guy that like came to our last one. He's like, hey, I want to come see this event and see what it's all about. There's a bunch of hype around it. Is it actually what you guys say it is? I just want to share a little bit from that um, experience. Hey, this is Patrick Blue Collar Media Group. I had no idea what to expect coming out here to Top Rep. I'm in Philly. I'm from Orlando. Came all the way up here to see it and impressive stuff. I mean, this event is for sales reps. I mean, if you want to take tangible things away back to your business that are actually going to improve your bottom line, man, these guys have really figured it out. Um, I can't wait to uh, get back, implement some of the stuff in my own business that I learned here from Chuck and Jim. Great stuff, man. Really can't thank y'all enough. So if you want to improve your sales this year, I mean, imagine if you just bump your closing percentage by 5%, the effect that that would have 
Uh, the results have been far better than that. It's an easy to learn flight plan that we teach. The What makes it really unique is the competitive aspect of it. Uh, we break out into what we call dogfights, where you got five, six guys and gals sitting at each table, and they're competing on what they just learned. They're actually role-playing, grading each other on that role-playing, and somebody gets the highest points, somebody gets the lowest points, go through six rounds of that, and somebody's going to be top rep. They're going to earn the title belt, and then there's going to be a top 10. They get black shirts. The only way you can get a black shirt is by being at the event and finishing in the top 10. And uh, the results have been off the chart. Go check us out over at topreptraining.com. And if you hear it on this show and you use Radio 200, every person you send will save $200 off of the regular registration. We look forward to seeing you there. I'm Jim Johnson, your host here on Contractor Radio. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.